Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. All right, and welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is June 20th. 2022 is Monday, June 20th, 2022. We're doing a recap of Father's Day, yeah. June mm. 19th, 2022. This is Blake joined by Pastor Joey. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Just... I had a Terry Pines flashback. Pa- <laughs> pastor Joey and worship leader and student pastor Matt Ragsdale. So how was y'all's Father's Day? It was good. It was good. My family did good. Did y'all get good presents? I'm not a dad. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> huh? I'm not a dad. <laughs> you mean to tell me, as a newlywed couple, she didn't feel like my baby's getting left out. I'm going to get him something. No. Nothing. Nothing. If, if, I'll tell you what. Don't y'all have a dog? No, 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 they don't. Mm-hmm. But I was about to say, if, bring it up. if they had a dog, he, he, she would have gotten him a Father's Day present. She's that much of a dog lover? Yeah. Like, it's a child. There you it's go, Cherish. There's you some more leverage. No. I think, Matt, I think you should get Cherish a dog. I'm just saying. It, <laughs> how, how long, why you hesitate? How long have you been fighting that battle? Since the day we got married. Really? Pretty like, much. Like the day you got married, she was like, Let's get well, you're dog. on your honeymoon. And she's like, when we get back. <laughs> Actually, yes. First, first thing we're going to do is get a dog. Because I can't tell you how many dogs we saw in the airport. On the way to and on the way back from our honeymoon. Like, I have videos of her like, oh, my gosh, it's a dog. Like, <laughs> what's the, what's the kind, what kind of dog does she want? Anything that has a tail and wags. Really? Yeah. She, she would be content. Let's put, like, let's put one on their front porch. No. Like, <laughs> Todd Armstrong has threatened multiple times to do it. Uh, we, should, we should put one on their front oh, porch. Oh, it's probably going to happen just from a listener. You know, yeah. it's just... No, I'll, I'll be honest. We uh, and it'll be easy to find it at night when they're asleep because Matt's yard looks like a runway. <laughs> <laughs> I have had several people make comments about my solar LED lights oh, in my I, yard. I told him uh, son yesterday because I had not seen them yet, and yeah. I drove by like one day this weekend, and I and I caught it out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> like, man, who who installed a runway right there? On <laughs> I went a little overkill. I mean, we may not be alone in the universe, so it's a little, uh, it maybe is a little somewhere overkill. to land. Oh, it looks good though. His lights are bright, and there's <laughs> and there's a lot of them. It yeah. looks good. It's overkill. No, it, lo- been, it looks good. Well, I was being I was trying to pay a compliment. He took he took it as a criticism. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. not the only person that's made a comment about my. I wasn't be. I really wasn't being critical. I was like, man, we should get my yard a little like that. I mean. <laughs> case Matt, your needs answer stuff. to that is, I just want students to know where I live. That's yeah. Yeah. I want them to come to my house. Yeah. They know. They've seen me cutting grass and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. Most That's of them funny. know where we what, live. So, so what'd you get? For Father's Day? Yeah. I got a bathing suit. <laughs> I did, too. Did you? I did, too. Did you really? I th- have, so, you, have you noticed that Father's Day gifts are really kind of like messages your family is sending you? Yeah. So <laughs> what was the message that your family is sending you? They want to go to the beach. 
or uh, no, no, no. It's like we saw you in your last pair of swim yes. trunks, and you embarrass us. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It, Why? <laughs> Surely they didn't get in cahoots on that. I don't know. That's messed, I don't that's know. Weird. I mean, it's not the only thing I got, which. I have that, to tell you what only, else they got me, which may open up a can of worms. Okay, but, that's yeah. the only thing they got me was a bathing suit. I mean, it's a nice bathing suit, but it was everybody gave it to me, and they were like, "Go try it on." And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I go. That put the, just tells you everything you need to know, right yeah, there. So I go yeah. put the yeah. trunks on. I come back in, and they're all like major upgrade. Like look, that's <laughs> they don't say that, but that's how they're looking at me, like all nodding their okay, head. Okay, now we can take you out in public. Well <laughs> that was the thing. Well no, they didn't hold back. They were they were all like your other they said exactly what you said. They was like mm. every other bathing suit you own is an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like you look like a fifth grader from the nineties <laughs> with cargo shorts to his shins. <laughs> <laughs> you still rocking some sun britches or something? No. It's like <laughs> I mean, it's true. Every other the last time we were in Orlando, and uh, it was it was February, so we're thinking we're not going to be swimming while we're down there. Well, we hit a day where it was like really warm, and the the pool at the hotel was heated. Yeah, and we didn't really expect that either. And so it's like, well, hey, we can go swimming. But then I was like, I didn't bring a bathing suit, so I went to I don't remember where it was, but I went to like Walmart or something. And bought a bathing suit while they were swimming at the pool, and then came back and showed up at the pool, and they're all looking at me like, "Please don't act like you know us." <laughs> I guess I guess my style in bathing suits. Well, all I'll say about this one is this: it it's a lot shorter than what I'm accustomed to. But oh yeah, apparently that's the oh yeah that's the style yeah. now. Yeah. Well, my family would tell you like when they criticize me, I'll go extreme on them. You know, so like the last time we went swimming, we were down in Port St. Joe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, classic. I didn't pack a pair of swim trunks, right? No, because you, you're out there in gym shorts. So, well, no, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so, like, Brownie told the Ivy because me and Ivy went down before them. It's a long story how we weren't going together, but we m- met up down there. So anyway, Brownie told Ivy take Joey to go get some swim trunks. And so we're sitting there one night. She wants to get a. You know, she just wants to get like a uh, movie. And so we just, you know, we just go to, you know, one of those little boxes outside. I mean, it wasn't even a red box. It was something else, I think. But anyway, we, it was right outside of Family Dollar. And I was like, hey, I can get a pair of trunks in here. (laughs) So, so I wound up getting, I mean, hey, can I just be honest with you? They were $3.75. And uh, so I got these, I got this pair of trunks. And see, I'm the same way. Because it's like, even if I go somewhere, the chance of me picking out a pair of swim trunks that I'm going to wear a yeah. lot from now yeah. on yeah. is pretty pretty slim, you know? Right, right, right. So, But, I mean, you know, here's how you know you got your swim trunks from Family Dollar and you paid $3.75. When you come out of the water and they're green trunks, there's all kinds of green dye and green water just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so, awesome. anyway, they so they started making fun of me. And I was like, well, fine then. I I just won't buy any more swim trunks. And from then on, it's like cut off blue jean shorts and khaki, khaki shorts. So that was the comment made when they handed me the swim trunks was like, my son Max was like, hey, they're not khaki. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, mine was, it was, they're not cargo shorts and they're not, you know, they're not to your shins. So Right, right. What else did you get? Oh, my goodness. So, all right. 
By the way, I just noticed the low growl in my voice that you were talking about. I'm telling you, you sound like <laughs> you sound like Barry White and me and Max or you know, Max. Matt. Yeah. We used to Max. We, me and Matt are sitting over here like a couple of little children. I promise that they're set the same. Okay. I think it's the first part of the day. This is what I sound like. Is it sinus? Sinuses? No, no. I just sound this way when I like. Really? I didn't just wake up, but I'm just saying the first. Until I eat lunch, this is what I sound like. Because hmm. I don't really eat or drink anything in the morning at all. Interesting. Yeah. Because you know they say when you get a cold and you get sinuses, you actually have more of a radio voice because it's mm. interesting. Okay, so my present was, uh, okay, I had to set this up because this is going to sound bad. All right. First of all, you know how people in the ministry have to worry about perception? Yes. I mean, everybody has to worry about perception. Right. And that statement that perception is reality probably holds more true for guys in the ministry than anywhere, mm. right? Yeah. And so so I had to be careful what I say out there and everything. But, like, for instance, like, a lot of people don't know. Well, let me just tell you what I got as a present. I was given, I was given a, my very own pool stick. <laughs> What? I missed it. All I heard was you smacking the microphone. What, what did you, a, pool, a pool stick? A pool stick. No, you're very, about a billiard stick. Yeah, a stick. billiard okay. stick. I, when you said the first thing that came to mind was they gave you a pool noodle. Like, that was my first thought, too. No, 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 no. Why would I have to set up a pool noodle? I don't know. I mean, I got to set up a billiard. Like, I have my own yes pool stick now because you're a pool shark i'm a pool shark and i've <laughs> frequent the pool halls here in corner you know <laughs> there used but, to be a pool hall here in corner yes. oh yeah and check. yes <laughs> I was about to say, no, yeah. no longer no longer. no longer um but no they they uh you know most people don't realize but we have a pool table mm-hmm. and it was we didn't buy it. I mean, somebody gave it to us. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's pretty much how ministers get everything they get. And right. So anyway, so they bought it for us, and my kids were like, they've been beating me pretty bad in pool lately, and so they bought me a new pool stick. So you could get good. <laughs> I guess. So Or I just have, like, hey, here's your own stick so we can beat you with it. Yeah, pretty Is much. Is there anything special about it? Yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of things about it in terms of like the weight distribution on it as, and it's uh it's got certain types of um but you still have to know how to play pool is what i'm getting at no i can play pool <laughs> no i'm but, saying but <laughs> no, i'm not i'm not saying you don't know how to play pool what i was saying is like when i ask is there anything special about it is i always thought it would be cool do you remember the movie caddyshack too yeah okay and he goes and play uh, jackie gleason's character goes and plays golf and he's not a golfer He's mm-hmm. like the short, funny yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows up, and he's got all the trick clubs. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> I remember that. That's what I was thinking about, is like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a pool cue that you could just sit down and it like map the table out with lasers and just do it all yourself? Show you the angle mm-hmm. and well, stuff. Well, yeah, and it, and it just like, it be, you know, hydraulic or pneumatic or something that just rear itself <laughs> back and pop it at the exact amount of pressure. and Pretty much like, like the app that everybody plays. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cheating is what Cheating. I'm saying. Wouldn't it be awesome yeah. if you could cheat? <laughs> exactly right but no so i yeah so um they they've broken all the other pool sticks we only were down to one and i can't use that one <laughs> i can't they, use that one how do they break pool sticks well <laughs> they, 
I mean, they run them into the pool table. They <laughs> fall down with them. Yeah. You know, they are they they're, they're swords. Like the I hybrid mean, like pool and wrestling at the same time. Yeah, kind of stuff thing. like that. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So anyway, so yeah, I got a I got a pair of swim trunks and pool stick. <clears throat> I got a pair of swim trunks. Uh, Matt, we we got I know we got to get to the topic. Matt did uh, partake in a. Uh, donut for dad yesterday while no one was looking yeah so and so we have some big news to share on the podcast we are not pregnant no 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 no. we're sharing it right here for the very first time matt loves donuts (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh when i hear same thing like for mother's day like muffins for mom like in my mind it's like clear as day you ain't getting one unless you're a mom donuts for dad you're not getting one unless you're a dad so he's he's rebellious in that way in between services i snuck in there and kind of grabbed one and was trying to eat it in secret back behind the coffee bar it was it it wasn't bad because let's just say that we had a lot of dads more so than moms i'll say we had moms go in pretty pretty hard on the muffin okay i'm not trying to insult (laughs) easy yeah i know tread lightly but the moms they took advantage of their muffin on mother's day most a lot of them did and why wouldn't you? They were gigantic. They were and huge amazing. muffins. Yes. They were really good. Um, but this time, the the dads were quick to dis- or maybe or we just got a lot of diabetes floating around. <laughs> 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 a lot of diabetes in the church. Mm. I mean, I mean, we, you got we got to laugh about it, right? We can't laugh at ourselves. Exactly. So, it's uh, not we like a, well. I mean, what's the church going to put out? Vitamin water. I mean, yeah, come on. So, the, we had a lot of dads turn them down, and uh, so eventually we just kind of went all in. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I I gave a couple of of uh, small children an entire box of donuts <laughs> to run away with, and I and their they, parents. I really hope they didn't get in trouble. <laughs> so yeah, because they ran and jumped in the car, and they probably mm-hmm. didn't find out till halfway home that they had a whole box of donuts. I mean, hey. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we uh, continued on with the uh, with the series yesterday, King for All. We were in Luke chapter eight. Mm. Luke chapter eight. Yep, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I told Matt when uh, he he came backstage at the end of the second service, and I was like, "This is a good sermon." I didn't I didn't mean to say it like <laughs> like I was surprised. Surprised, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a good sermon. But I was like, "This is good. This is good." But uh, I will say this, I, I very rarely get feedback from you, but when I do, I know it matters. <laughs> good, good or bad. I, I mean, it's like the guy that never says a word and he just speaks up and says something. It's yeah. like, okay, the whole room goes quiet. You know, it's no, like he says, no, it wasn't like that. Um, but I did get all three of your notes. I did. I'm the I didn't miss the very tail end in the, I say tail end. I'm talking about like the last two minutes. So, okay. Did you make like an amazing like? Oh yeah, it was actually a pretty cool moment. Really? Yes. Yeah. We well, all have to share that with me. But I did get. I got all the way through the third point, so I want to talk about that, and then you just and tell me how you like brought it home because I'm curious. Okay. Okay. And let me preface this by saying, because you know the 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 big stigma out there is that moms get so encouraged and lifted up on Mother's Day, and yep. dads just yes. get hammered, browbeat, and, yeah. and browbeat, and and, and I kind of. I kind of realized after the fact that maybe I had done that and and I'm not apologizing for what I said, but what I am saying is I think the reason for that is guys are the toughest on guys. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And you normally have a guy preaching a father's day sermon to a bunch of guys. So there's a little bit of like, 
rub some dirt on it, man up kind of. Right. It's hard not to. Well, most men are, they respond best to being spoken to matter-of-factly. Yeah, it's true. Challenge. Lots, like, give me well, the bottom line. Well, we've talked about that a lot. And it has a lot to do with the way that we're raised and yeah. brought up. I mean, I think I've said it before, even in a, in a mess, or maybe like in a guy's small group or something like that, how, you know, the reason that we respond that way is because, I mean, we're, you know, well, you know, when you get to like older levels, like with uh, high school and stuff, like you'll, you'll see some high school softball coaches and girls, basketball coaches and volleyball coaches come down pretty hard on them. But mm-hmm. when they're like really little, right? you know, most of the, like the, the girls, uh, softball coaches at like the community park, they're, they're, they're passionate, but they're not super hard on them. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, they're treating them like they're all their little daughters. Right. And, Cause yeah. they don't want to crush them. You know, right. they don't, they don't want right. to crush them. They don't want to come down with a, with an iron fist, you know, this is true. There's only a handful of those kind of, uh, little league girl softball coaches, you know, oh, yeah. a-, a la Randy already. That kind of <laughs> <laughs> hey, a shout out to Randy, <laughs> but that's a good analogy though. I mean, yeah. you know, cause you know, all these dads out there coaching these little girls are just right. like, you know, Hey, you did great. You know, go get you a snow cone, you yeah. know, well, but, but you, you get like a six, seven year old boy out there and the dad's like, what do, I've been showing you since the day you were born how to do this, and you're going to get out there. My favorite moment is when a guy is, like, into a game for, like, a girl softball game, mm-hmm. and then he blows up, and he realizes, okay, boys can handle me at, like, you know, a 7 to a 10 or a 7 to a 9. Maybe yeah. nobody can handle me at a 10, yeah. but they can handle me at a 7. And a girl can handle me, like, right up to, like, a 6 and 3 quarters right. or whatever. Sense, and yeah. I just jump to an 8 right there. So, in other words, he'll get, like, real passionate, and he'll, like, come in real hard, and then he'll realize. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. but, hey, sweetie, you did great. You know, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he realized he just turned just into. <laughs> get him next time, sugar. You know, <laughs> start clapping. Coach is not a monster. I <laughs> yeah, promise. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, think man, it's, I think so... it's funny to watch guys ha- try to walk that tightrope where at seven years old, like my little league football coach would take his tobacco out of his mouth and throw it at me. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so, like... That's so funny. And I've never really thought about that because, like, you know, when you think of, like, girl sports and, and guy sports, which is a hot topic, by by the way, that these days. But, you know, it's funny. Girls, they will, they will play sports to be on a team. Yeah. But boys – will play on a team just so they can play the sport. Yeah, yeah. And I think that different mindset has a lot to do with why dads get beat up on Father's Day. No doubt. Because you got another dad up there, you know. Yeah, no doubt. So so the passage was Luke chapter 8. Uh, we picked up in verse 40 mm-hmm. uh, and went through the end of the chapter, I believe, right? Then we go to the end of the chapter. Yes. Because, uh, but it's it's a long chapter, and a lot happened up front because you got the parable of the soils, Jesus going across and dealing with the – the demon possessed guy right. and put him in the pigs and you you have a good deal yeah. on that yeah well then uh, and then it picks up in verse forty where he comes back and you have the uh, the uh, it's the story of Jairus's daughter yes you hear, you hear people say Jarius I've heard that I have a I have a bad habit of saying that and I think it's just because maybe people Jarius. I was around when I was younger but anyway you have the story of Jairus's daughter and then the story of the woman with the issue of blood and they're kind of mixed in together. Like you were saying yesterday, it's kind of like, yeah, one. it feels it's, like two stories, like but two it's stories really one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a great point, um, about, well, we'll get to it because there's a, there's a, there's a big reason or there's a big reason why you need to look at it as one story. Cause there's something very significant that you right. miss if you right. just see it as two independent stories. But 
your first your first point and like last week you did awesome where all the notes were the same except for one word <laughs> i'm not saying i i don't know it doesn't necessarily have to be that way to be right, good right, it just right. makes it easy it makes it right. easy to remember sure so the first point uh, came out of the story was that uh, he was Jairus was a desperate father yeah 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 he was um most definitely you take any he's a father of a 12 year old girl which i made the comparison to us here that would be the equivalent of a a girl here in our community in sixth grade mm-hmm. i mean think about that yeah. you hear us you hear about a sixth grade girl on her deathbed right everybody's heart's moved you know yeah. and so Jairus's 12 year old daughter's lying there dying and and he does the only thing he knows to do that a desperate father would do is he goes to the you know he goes to the source basically yeah. and um and so he, when he comes to Jesus, the Bible says he falls at his feet and pleads. That's mm-hmm. that's begging. Yeah. That, that is those are signs of a desp a father in desperation. Yeah, yeah. And and so kind of the point there with the things that I like that you brought out was, you know, you, you kind of made you made the point that it was he was risking a lot, or he was he was kind of th- walking away from a lot to kind of come out of the closet, so to speak, as believing in Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, because he was a leader in the synagogue. Right. But, you know, I had the thought, which the point still remains either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, th- maybe this points more to his desperation, but so your, your point is valid regardless of which side this, which, which, you know, if this is true one way or the other is, did he really like, come out of the closet as like believing in Jesus mm-hmm. or was he just that desperate mm-hmm. that he would risk it? In yeah. other words, it's like, well, if there are no answers anywhere else. And so I'm that desperate to where if this guy has anything to offer, I'm about to go beg for it. That yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, like I say, your point, you know, remains either way. And I, I don't know which is true. I mean, yeah. it, I, I tend to think what you said is probably most likely is in, is in like, he's kind of like, secretly believing in mm-hmm. who this Jesus is, yeah. you know? And I think, I think there's not enough recorded there for right. us to make that call. Right. Um, which is why I actually did that quote from that scholar that was basically talking about everybody in the world knew Jairus in the, in the city of Capernaum. But the one thing they didn't know was that Jairus believed in Jesus enough that he would toss everything to the side and, mm. right. you know, and he confessed it when his daughter was on her deathbed, you mm. know? So I, I kind of went that direction because I really felt like, um, I really felt like, and I don't know, it's just still one of those kind of, yeah. this is just how I feel when I'm, right. you know, but I just really felt like Jairus probably was a secret believer, you know, mm. and he's the leader of a synagogue, which is the equivalent of a modern day pastor. Right. And, um, man, you know, it's, it's, uh, you can imagine being in that spot, you know, I actually really do believe in Jesus, but I can't come out. Mm. and public with my faith because of the consequences <clears throat> to me there's so many applications of that around the world today from just persecution and you know just kind of overreaching yeah. control so what i i mean what i took from it is kind of you know what your point was you know i know you're speaking to you know those father's day and all that but the overall point which would apply to anybody is just like in general like are we desperate enough right for for Jesus yeah. or or do we do we have a level of desperation yeah. that goes along with it and then because fathers do look at desperation as a negative thing like right. if I, if I'm a desperate father 
then that means I'm out of a bag of tricks. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And what, you know, and here you, you guys, Matt, sang the song, you know, you are the air I breathe and yep. I'm desperate for you and all that. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted that word desperation to be viewed as something positive, something good, something that's vital to actually being a real father. Instead of it showing weakness. Exactly. Like it shows strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so he's, he falls at his feet and then, uh, that whole scene is kind of interrupted with this, with, it kind of melds into the story of the woman with the issue of blood where she, you know, bumps into him and you made the point that there was a lot of people bumping into him. Right. Right. So, and you know, we've all heard a lot of pastors make that point that it's like, that just kind of shows how in tune Jesus was to what was going on around him. And, you know, he feels, you know, the power leave him or whatever but you you making the point that um i don't think i'd everybody any i'd ever heard anybody phrase it that way exactly but you made the point of um all these other people are bumping into him and he doesn't say a word but then she bumps into him and he feels something leave him and he says that but the point you made was you know we can bump into jesus all day and not feel his power yeah 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 by, by the way i thought this message had um it was meant to be a Pentecostal message. <laughs> it was meant to be preached by a I, Pentecostal preacher. Well, be, I, and you know what? I had a moment. I'm being very transparent here. I had a moment when I said something, and I thought that was I sounded just like a Pentecostal pastor when I said it. Yeah. But I meant it. Right. And that is, to this point that you're at, it's like people, you know, people here in the South, you know, they're bumping into Jesus every Sunday. Mm. Right. But there's a difference in bumping into Jesus and reaching out in faith. Yeah. And when I said that, I was like, that sounds Pentecostal. But, I mean, in all honesty, No, I didn't mean is... that as a negative in any way. Right. I actually took it as in, like, while I was sitting there listening, I was like, man, this is a good sermon. I was like, a, a Pentecostal preacher would, would like, he would eat this up. Like, he would put this into a recording form and... You yeah, know, absolutely. Of like go around the country with absolutely. It, that kind of thing. I think I think where it gets different is I think the message is really the same. It's just the application of that message. Yeah, yeah. the the uh, you know and that that led to the second point, which was a reassured father. And mm-hmm. that when you made the statement about you know somebody can bump into and and not feel his power can yeah. bump into Jesus. Yeah. I actually had that thought. What you're saying it made me think of uh, uh, Tim Keller writes about that has had some talks about that people in the south like you say being inoculated with jesus right so i was tracking with you Mm -hmm. like in that regard um but then it even got it even like it doubled down in kind of that charismatic feel for me because then you you went into the uh and this is where the two stories connect Mm -hmm. is the reassured father because uh this whole thing that takes place with with the the woman is obviously to minister to her, yeah. to heal her, but also to reassure Jairus yes. of what's happening. And uh, when and it, so many times I've heard this passage preached, and I've thought about it before. I've thought about the correlation mm-hmm. of, or the the parallel of. Um, she it specifically says that his daughter's twelve years old, and then it specifically says that she has the issue for twelve years. That yeah, she's it, been he, sick for twelve years. Yeah, in seminary, that was one of the things I learned in hermeneutics, and as well in other, like just you know, translating the Bible and things like that. Is 
pay very close attention to things that are repeated in the Bible. Yeah. Um, but also pay very close attention to the thing to the to the details that the Bible chooses to tell you and chooses not to tell you. Those that contrast is also a message in itself as well. Yeah. And that to me, the fact that those two were the same and those two details were mentioned, you can't overlook that. Yeah. I, I just when you said it, I could immediately hear like a charismatic, like a and uh, that that oh, kind yeah. of preacher, you oh, know. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got tickled of it because I was like, man, <laughs> this would make a good one. I got some buddies I need to send this to, you know, that kind of thing. Because you, you know what I'm like. I, can you? Yeah. I could hear that. Yeah. Like in the, you, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but I, but that's what I was thinking. You know, you know, she had been in agony for twelve years, and he was about to be in agony for twelve seconds. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Where I made that connection, yeah, because <laughs> right. she, yeah. So the daughter, so yeah. What I said was Jairus had 12 years of sunshine with his daughter, but yeah. it's about to end in agony. This woman with the issue of blood has had 12 years of agony, but she's about to end in sunshine. Right. So it's like, yeah. So yeah. I see yeah. That was, a, that. I thought about joy. I was like, he, he, he had had 12 years of joy with his, with his daughter mm. and mm. she had had 12 years of agony. Yeah. And, uh, and he, and even though he was about to receive devastating news, Jesus was showing him that your, your agony could be, traded for joy and the, yeah. you know and then that would go right into and though the sorrow may last for the night the joy comes in the morning Woo-hoo. and then yeah yes I lord yes lord man i got chill bumps <laughs> matt you got chill bumps call the organ <laughs> that's what i'm saying if you did all that with an organ behind you oh. i mean come on I, i've often wondered why you guys don't every once in a while just go you know joy ain't gonna fire me I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, like there have been moments where well, you, if you just said, I, you know what? You should Joey needs <laughs> Joey needs some organ music. He needs a piano. He needs something behind him right now. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. We would have a portion of our congregation that would get really excited too. Oh, yeah. they, oh, they would. Um, oh, everything needs a soundtrack. I thought that was really so. good, though. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying all that yeah. to like bust on it in any way. I no, no, it was no. Awesome. I, I no, and I'm. Uh, maybe I'm uh, getting ahead of you, but I kind of thought you would bring up the whole daughter thing. I, I was that just was thinking about that. Yeah. 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 I, I just, Nowhere else has Jesus ever called anyone daughter. daughter. Yeah. Right. And it just happened to be in front of a dad who's about to lose his daughter. You can't ignore that. Yeah. Right. You know? No, that's what he he's, there's definite intentionality there for him to make, to, to, to communicate to us the connection of what was going on, like there's there's heavy, heavy context there. Yeah. Like yeah. heavier than normal, so mm-hmm. to speak. There's not just like, you know, this is the area they were in and these are the kind of customs they were doing. No, he's he's communicating us he's the the text is communicating to us the um the depth of the moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. and if I can, like, I just want to show a good reason why you should listen to the podcast <laughs> because this is because I'm going to say things that I wanted to say in the message that yeah. I never got to say. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was, I think what that scripture also teaches us as well is that, okay, so put yourself in Jairus's shoes. Jesus has put his calls on a pause, you know, and has turned to something else that Jesus needs to address. Mm-hmm. And yet in that still in this physical realm, Jesus was in the midst of helping an entirely different scenario, a strange woman that Jairus has no idea who she is. 
And yet at the same time, Jesus is letting Jairus know, I still got you. Mm. I think that's important because I think a lot of people in the world think, man, there are bigger fish to fry for God than my problems. And what I think this shows us is that, is that God is the kind of God that can be handling your problem, but he hadn't forgot about me. He could be dealing with something going on in your life, you know, or my life, and he hasn't forgotten about you. So that was a whole other thing that I was going to kind of fall off into, but that was going to be a rabbit hole, and I would have never gotten done. Like using your issue to minister to me over mine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, I, it, through the healing of the woman, he's basically reassuring Jairus. Jairus, I'm I'm enough here. It's yeah, one. Enough. It's one story. It also it's one event. It yeah. also kind of points to like a major, like you know, um, like sovereignty thing there, right? Of like, oh hey, goodness, yes. no, I hey, I drum this or not, not necessarily. Sorry <clears throat> that I I drum this up, mm-hmm. and I hate to use that word, but. You know what I mean? That kind of has that feel in that moment because he's dealing with like this loss of a little girl, right? And it's like, by the way, Jairus, I drummed this up to teach you something right here. It's like teachable yeah. moment kind of thing. So yes, and it's also a, and I mean, there's so much here, but it's also there's also an entire message here just on what was that me dinging? I think it might have been me. Okay, what um, there's a, there's an entire message here just on time management. Think about this. You know, it's like. You know, the disciples are like, Jesus, everybody's touching you. Like, how? why is Jesus taking time out? Mm-hmm. You know, he's – and here's Jairus over here going, time is of the essence. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so I think, I think there's a huge message here just in the fact that, you know, we are so bound by time, but God is not. Right. Yeah. We are – you know, hey, God, I would serve you, but I just don't have time. God, I would do this, but if you would just give me more time, I would – and and the reality is like in this moment, Jesus is ultimately saying to Jairus, "Don't worry, mm-hmm. don't be afraid." Right. You want to know why? Because even though you and I aren't there yet, I'm already there. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I yeah. am, uh, and I already can tell you how this is going to play out. So it's there's a lot there yeah, in this. You, but you said um, you made the point in that about faith and fear not going together. I thought that's that was, right. That yeah. was really good. So yeah. that was that was. Probably to me overall, that was probably the, the most like okay, that right there is universally convicting for every person in the room because Absolutely. there's not anybody sitting in in there, including myself. All of us, all of us worry, you know. All of yeah. us have fears and stuff, yeah. things that things that keep us up or things that bother us, and so that's just kind of that reminder of. So you're saying that would convict people who are not fathers and don't even have a dog, you know, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you, when you talked about. The worrying part, like as fathers, you guys worry. And I was like, yeah, well, I worry too about a lot of things. Right. Exactly. So, like, I, yeah. Yeah. And so that brings up the last point, which was, uh, and so the, he resolves the issue there with the woman and then goes to the house. Right. And then the last one was the most <laughs> Pentecostal. Oh, here we go. Because it was a victorious father and you yes. led with, uh, when Jesus is in the house, house, you are victorious. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on, let me hear you. You know what that you, when I heard that, you know, kind of played back, I was like, I sounded like um you, do you remember Independence Day? 
that movie, the first one. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. That's him. That's him. <laughs> it's Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, he had his cigar, but he was like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> kind of had that feel like yeah. I was Independence Day kind of thing. But anyway. Anyway, right. So I definitely, I thought that was a, a solid point, though. But so probably a minute after you made that statement is when I ended up having to slip out oh. so now i'm lost <laughs> so y'all gotta get me home right, from here matt you want to pick it up there or do you want me to do it? um <clears throat> yeah so you made that point say it again when jesus is in, in the, the house, house you're victorious yeah and you and uh and then you kind of which i'm i'm probably i'm gonna skip a little bit here but and you led into the whole like real men yeah. have a real faith in yeah. a real Jesus. That's right. That's how it ended. And uh, yeah, you could fill fill, the, fill in that gap right there. But well, I mean, basically, I mean, I spent a second just kind of explaining the the hired professionals that were in the room, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how they were ridiculing Jesus, laughing at him, and the reason that I called them hired professionals because that's what they were. They were hired. They were professional mourners. It was just a religious customary Mm -hmm. uh, thing to invite these people, hire them, pay them to come in and create this element of grief in the room and somberness. And I said, that shouldn't be too far fetched for us because we hire professionals when we have to face death, we go to the funeral home and we get, you know, what are the funeral directors doing? You know, right. And, and I even, and I mean, I've got a lot of these funeral directors around here. I've got great relationships with, I think they're phenomenal people, but let's be honest. Let's be humanly honest. They don't know your, your, the, you know, your loved one that just died. They don't know them. Yeah. So they're not broken up inside. No, they're just doing a job. Yeah. Now they act like they care. Yeah. Right. But they're doing a job. It's a show. Well, you know what I'm saying? They're professionals. Well, professionals. And I remember when you said, as that professional who's in the room, like I, I've seen a dead body before. That's a dead body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a hired professional mourner in those days, you've seen a lot of dead bodies. Sure. And so, you know, when they were ridiculing and laughing at Jesus, they're like, look, we've seen a lot of dead bodies in our day. Yeah. That's a dead body. That's a dead body right there. And I mean, you know, talking about sounding like Pentecostal, Jesus like, yeah, I've seen a lot of dead bodies. Have you ever seen one come back to life? Here we mm. go. <laughs> yeah. Watch this. But watch this, y'all. <laughs> And, uh, but literally he, I think the big, the big major point was, uh, when Jesus took the little girl by the hand and he said, my child get up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I made the point of that Greek word there being a possessive, like it's used for slave and servant. And so here was a good point to make as far as like, yes, your child is your child, dad, but she really belongs to a different father Mm -hmm. and, and that Jesus was ultimately kind of saying in this moment, 12 years ago, I gave you life 12 years later, I'm giving it back to you. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm in, I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. And also the connection with the woman with the issue of blood comes full circle there. Absolutely. When she raises from, you know what I, you know what else I couldn't help or I couldn't stop thinking about the entire message was, uh, I'll probably lose y'all on this, but there was the, the old, um, Hero the Rock Opera. Oh, uh, I, remember I remember that. that. Yes, and there yes. was a there was a scene. What Michael Tate from DC talking that he played Hero, which was Jesus. Yes, and for for a listener out there, it was basically a passion play 
that they had done in modern day terms and it toured when was that late 90s yeah late, that's when early like, 2000s maybe that's when like dramas and oh, skits yeah. were huge 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 and they did um but they had a scene in there of the the healing and raising raising of Jairus's art but the play was written it was kind of like a modern day take on say like a uh like a god spell or right. you know something like that right. but they they had a scene where uh Jairus's daughter, or the character that was supposed to represent Jairus, his daughter was killed in a drive-by. Oh. And Hero shows up and, like, you know, heals her. But Jairus was played by none other than the only Christian rapper of the time, T-Bone. <laughs> and he oh, had a, he had a my rap. my goodness, he had a T-Bone. Rap. He had a rap that was called Raised in Harlem. Oh, my gosh. And he's, I love T-Bone. He's rapping to Hero, which is like the Jesus character of come and heal my daughter. Yes. Come and, come and touch her. And you remember yes. T-Bone rap like really, really fast. Yes. But it was. People need to look up T-Bone. Yeah. You need to look up and listen to T-Bone. Yeah. Matt, don't make that face. <laughs> T-Bone? He was legit. He, he was, was the legit. only one. The Boney Bone Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> it was just cool, uh, man. He was straight yeah. up. Yeah. He he could throw down though he could he rap could, and I wasn't could. even a rap fan I've never been like a fan of rap but mm-hmm. he was good wow. he was really good yeah oh yeah I shouldn't say I've never been a fan of rap like I go like way back with you know you don't even mm-hmm. like Run DMC I kind like of stuff? you know Tupac and, oh. <laughs> oh, that's what's wrong with you. <laughs> oh uh, me <clears throat> man we digress yeah. so so yeah so the back to the word of God um, they no seriously the uh, the 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 end of it was in a sense just telling dads like look you can teach your kid how to throw a baseball you can teach them how to throw a softball you can teach them how to play an instrument you can teach them how to be a responsible adult or have strong character and integrity but the reality is is none of those are even a close second mm-hmm. to being a father that teaches your kid about Jesus and 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 a real father is going to, and I think I said this, a real father if you, is a man that if he can't get his kid to Jesus, he brings Jesus to his kid. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, to me, a summary of what was going on with Jairus and that whole story. And so it just kind of ended with, you know, look, because we didn't mention about like the video we played at the beginning where we were right. showing dad saves, you know, mm-hmm. dads saving their babies from falling off couches and beds and bicycles into cars and all this kind of stuff. And then we right. showed um, just some funny stuff, you know, and, and I said at the end that the reality is, is that most of you dads can be, your kid can count on you to be funny to, you know, to even like show them things they don't know. Like there's a lot of things your kid can count on you. But the most important thing they should be able to count on you is, are you are can they see your faith in Jesus? Are yeah. you showing them Jesus through your own faith? Mm. And and how much can they count on you for that? Yeah. And no matter where you are as a father, you, if your faith is weak, you need to be able, you need to be able to just be desperate in that moment and say, okay, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what to do. And and all I want to do at this point is say I want to move the needle of my faith to be stronger in Christ, and because I want to be I want to be a dad that my kid can count on me for even the spiritual things going on in our family. So yeah, 
Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was a good day and um uh, like I said, I'm you know, I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I sorry dads. I I was the typical Father's Day pastor bringing the hammer, but um so Matt Matt picked up the pieces of the worship that I left in shambles from the week before. <laughs> Uh, what did you guys do yesterday? Um, we did Who You Say I Am. Uh, we introduced a new song called Gratitude that um, we our students actually heard for the first time at beach camp last weekend, and uh, it stuck really, really well. And it's um, I'll just read you the chorus. The chorus says, So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. Mm. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. And so it's just a really like simple song that basically is acknowledging the greatness and grandeur of God and also acknowledging like we've got nothing to bring kind of thing. Right. Um, <clears throat> very simple, very easy to sing. Really, really good, solid song. And then we did Breathe. The, uh, the uh, uh, man, my mind just went blank. The um, This is the air I this breathe. This is the air I breathe. I'm Your holy presence. I'm you. I'm desperate for you, God. And then we ended with uh, David. Which, by the way, that that middle psalm actually became the theme of the whole day. Really. Yeah. 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 Um, and then is it the name of the song? The air I breathe. It's it's breathe. Is but it? yeah. Okay. Yeah. It seems like know. every worship song out there is named breathe. You notice that? There's probably at least a hundred of them. You type in breathe worship song, it it pulls uh, up yeah. a ton of them. But uh, and then we ended with uh, the David Crowder song "All My Hope." The it's a fun little little bit of a country feel to it, and um, our people love that one. So I like just it. Just kind of reiterating, like, "Hey, put all your hope in Jesus," kind of thing. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, right. yeah. So um, what we've got coming up Wednesday night? I misspoke last week on the podcast. I said that we were. Um, that the worship team that was at the beach camp was going to be here. And it, that's not true. That was my mistake. Liar. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was kind of harsh. I'm just kidding. I was a misunderstanding. There was a misunderstanding. I was a misunderstander. Yeah. Uh, so we do have night of worship this Wednesday night. Yes. Yes. June 22nd. And we, and we do have some special guests joining us. Yes. So uh, 6.30 p.m. Yep. Wednesday night. Please come out and please come out and be part of that. So, yeah, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Got some new songs we're going to introduce, and I'm not going to give everything away, but you yeah. don't want to miss it. So our our kids are actually at camp right now at kids camp. Our they, kids camp. Yeah, yeah, they started this morning, and uh, but Wednesday night we've got our night of worship, and then uh, yeah, so that's that's what's that's what's coming up here real so, soon. Well, no, we talked about you on the last podcast last week, and you weren't here. But real quick, your thoughts on student camp? It was amazing. Um, it was it was like there's camp is if you've if you've never been a part of a student camp, I would encourage you to go as a chaperone or something at least once. Um, but if if you've ever been, you know what I'm about to say. It is absolute organized chaos, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, Man, it was it was really awesome. We we uh, you may have seen the post that we, we got shared around. What is the guy's name? Is it Rick Carl, the guy from Rick Carley? Yeah, Rick Carley from um, Channel Thirteen. Come on, yes, 
Put some respect on Rick Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man's done sports for I what? Mean, I don't know if the I, he was all, an anchor, right? All the way back from Sideline 99. Sideline 99. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if <laughs> I think he built that set himself. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Shout out, Rick Carly. You the OG. OG. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do apologize, Rick, if you're listening to this. Um, I will yeah, say that post got shared about a billion times. Right. And, and Just between Gardendale first and... Us. Yeah, and that if you haven't seen it yet, that the way we ended camp was Sunday night. We um, we did baptisms, and Garden Gardendale had several baptized, and we actually had to make decisions and um, get baptized. So yeah, yeah, it was it was a good camp all around, and um, a lot of decisions beyond just you know faith decisions and baptisms. A lot of decisions, kind of like okay, like when I go home, I'm gonna like put this into action, not yeah. just, you know, like in one ear out the other, I'm going to be a hearer and a doer of the yeah. word and not just to hear. And I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to, you know, um, take that step of faith and share Jesus with my friends and stuff like that. So really encouraged by what all God's doing in our students. Mm. So you're saying we'll still say it's a good camp six months from now. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yes. Good deal. Excellent. Good deal. Hey, next year you're going to have to open that up a little bit more. Oh yeah, you had tons of kids that couldn't go because yes. y'all just ran out of space. Yes, and we we're already working on it. We're already working on next year. Excellent, cool deal. All right, y'all got anything else? I'm good. All right, Rick Carly. <laughs> Shout out Carly. Carly. That's right. Carly. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess then we will uh, see you guys next time. See you. Right. See you, boss. Sandy Grevy.